I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. And welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. Thank you, everyone, who is tuning in for the first time. This is the show where I talk to actors about their careers and, more importantly, the auditions along the way. Some that were very important that got away, that they didn't book. Some were embarrassing. Some were sad. And some even had a happy ending. You just never know what they're going to bring to the table. Today on the show, we have Connie Giordano. She is currently on Mayor of Easttown, which is on HBO with the incomparable Kate Winslet. And I don't know if y'all have been watching it, but it is so good. And I am loving it. I want to know what happens. I can't wait for this Sunday to see the next episode. Uh, if you haven't been watching, it's really, really good. So check that out on HBO. Um, Connie's fantastic in it. And it was so great to talk to her and and know all of the behind the scenes stuff. So here's my conversation with Connie Giordano. Welcome to the show, Connie. Hey, Jillian. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm fabulous on episode two already. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, actually, I think this I think this interview is going to air not this Thursday, so next Thursday. Okay. Um, so it'll be episode three. But I just watched episode two this morning, and 
you got to have some fun in that one. There's a lot going on, isn't there? Oh, yeah. So, so for the listeners, Connie is in the new HBO series, Mayor of Easttown, with the just fantastic Kate Winslet. And I am so, so jealous because she is <laughs> just my hero. I've loved her since I was a kid. Um, and you're just so great in it. Oh, thank you. Um, how how did Mayor of Easttown come about? Well, you know, it's funny. I listened to a radio a show of the with the uh, writer Brad Inglesby about a month or so ago, and I didn't even have any idea of how many years this was in the works. I mean, they always mm. say that, right? That this not, these things, of course, don't happen overnight. But this thing was in the works for years. Apparently, the the, the lead was originally supposed to be a male detective, so oh. I mean, it's changed quite a bit. But um, it, it's been in the works as in production for over two years. We started in 2019. Holy crud. Yeah, yeah. But with, with COVID, um, we shut down for about six months. But I was so thrilled that it didn't get scrapped, yeah. you know, because a lot of shows did. Yeah. So I feel so blessed that um, that they wanted to come back because, you know, most most of the production team, including Kate, they're all on the West Coast or, you know, for mm-hmm. her, she's in, in England, I believe, most of the time. So, you know, it, it was a it was a measure to even have to come back and start all this up again. But they did. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's it's crazy in general to have to uh, take a production out of where the production company is. And if if you're listening to the show and you do, you're not in this industry, it takes a lot. The amount of money that production spends on per diem, flights, hotels, all the things that go into it, then add COVID with quarantining, Quarantining, testing. Mm -hmm. What was it like to get back on set during the pandemic? Jillian, I think I had four or five COVID tests uh, within three days of going back to the set. So, um, and had to quarantine for two days. And I was only on for one more day, filming for one more day, because I was fortunate. I did most of my filming before mm. pre-pandemic. And uh, so I know a lot, a lot of other people, you know, it was just like a, a three-day process just for one day on the set. It was wow. nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. It's good to know that they're taking care of their people, that everyone's looking yes. out for each other. I know that it was, it was definitely it's strange to serious. see like a, a shutdown with our industry because that doesn't happen. Ever. I know. I mean, honestly, I think some things are never going to go back to the way they were um, in terms of things like auditioning. But, you know, that could be a wonderful thing. It could be a real positive to come out of all of this because like I for myself, I'm based in Philadelphia. I used mm-hmm. to be in New York. But now when I have auditions, I don't have to get in the car for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> that is I go into my living room. <laughs> that's a so big that plus. is a big plus. Yes. That's, that's wild. Is. So you you said you used to live in New York. When did yes. when did you live in New York? I was there for the whole of the nineties. I actually left right before nine eleven. Um, wow. uh, so you know, I really saw a big transformation in New York City in the time I was there because of uh, the Giuliani administration that had come in for such mm. a long time. The city was just so different over the nineties, and you know, it's so close for me, Jillian. It's it's a little under two hours. So I go back so much. Sometimes I feel like I never left. <laughs> <laughs> now, why did, yeah. did you move to New York from Philadelphia? Are you from Philadelphia? I did. Yes, I am. I'm originally from this area. I grew up in Valley Forge. Um, oh, cool. People always go, Valley Forge. How do I know that? Valley Forge. Like, Washington. <laughs> 
revolutionary you know, war. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole, the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I grew up in this area and then moved um, up there after college and, and did a lot of, I call it trench warfare theater. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, did you always know that you wanted to be an actor? Was it something that you grew up saying, this is my <clears throat> calling? Just like you, Jillian. Yeah, I started at a very young age. I mean, I remember some of my, my very first play uh, was at a dinner theater. My parents took me to see a production of The Sound of Music, and I just fell in love. And, and so did musicals for years as a kid and, and through uh, up to through college, really, um, and just never stopped, you know. Mm. And, and it's a different ride for everybody. My, my ride definitely took some detours. <laughs> but... Um, but, you know, praise God, I, I, I've had this wonderful opportunity now. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I love about this industry is that, and it's also the most frustrating part of it, right? Because you spend so many years working towards something and you're like, where's my shot? Where's my chance to shine? But then when you do get it, it's like, oh, right, this is this is fantastic. I love this. It's surreal. I have to admit, it's a little surreal. I, I can't even imagine like being on a a set with someone like Kate Winslet like that just seems so out of this realm she was so professional I mean I liked her from the moment I met her I mean I'll admit I had uh, our, our first day we had we just had like a rehearsal and a, and a table read to talk about the entire script and all that and I did have about a 30 second moment of oh my god I'm sitting next to Rose <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do <laughs> I did. You can't help it. But, yeah. it, you know, you know, but then, you know, you get down to the work and you just, you know, go. And it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. It really was. Um, she was just such a pro that, you know, you kind of forget who the actress is and you yeah. think about who you're working with, you know, who you're playing yeah. against. And that's all that that's all that really matters. Right. It's it's true. But um, let's go back. So you went to college. Did you go to college for acting or did you study something else? Well, it's funny. My um, older sister was a struggling artist at the time. She's a fine artist. She's a painter, wonderful talent. And um, so my father, by the time it was my turn for college, <laughs> he had seen her struggling. And she's like, he said, you're not being a drama major. No way. So I, I was a communications major yeah, in undergrad. And I took all the acting classes anyway. Then when I went to New York, a few years after being there, I decided I wanted the training that I feel like I never completely finished mm. with my undergrad. So I went back for grad school for a full-time um, theater degree in, 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 uh, in acting. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I think it, it gives you confidence, you know, of course, and any education will give you confidence between that and um, doing the theater for so many years. It, it's a, uh, it's a joy to not be intimidated by a role. I look at it like, oh, I can't wait. What's next? You know, mm. like I, and I, I feel like the sky's the limit. <clears throat> I love that. So you, you go to grad school and then do you, are you doing theater outside of grad school right when you get there? Or are you focusing fully on like the, the theater that happens inside grad school? Because I know that is extensive in itself. It is. Uh, we put on productions actually in between in the summers, uh, and actually, the, the school, I went to City University of New York in Brooklyn. Mm. We we were required to perform for two of the large theaters that were on the campus, but they were community-based theaters. So the residents of Brooklyn were members that had memberships to our the theater. Uh, so 
you know, it never felt like it was school, that's for sure. And the, mag- the, the productions were magnificent. It was such a treat. I mean, it was just such a, you know, it was just such, a, I feel like I was in the heart of the arts, when, you know, mm. where I was. Because, you know, the Brooklyn Academy of Music was down the street and, and it, it was just everywhere. It never even felt like school. Right. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's so nice. Did you, were you always focused then on theater or did you want to do film? Because I know that there are some actors who are very like, I want to do this side of acting. You know, I think, well, for me, I started on stage and I do feel like it's, it's where I got my training. Um, I, I I think that for most actors, you need to start on stage. I, I just think it's 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 the first step in any kind of performance. I think it's it's very I it's very rare to meet an actor that hasn't that didn't start on stage. I know I know it happens, but I almost every every performer I know, no matter what venue they are working in now, they they all started on stage. It's just it's just I guess the natural place, you know, it starts in school, you know, or you yeah. go to a community theater. I mean, that's that's where it starts and uh, so always, yeah, always for me. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to do all of it, of course. Like everybody, everybody says, everybody starts out on stage, and then they go, "Yeah, well, I really want to do TVs and movies now too, and I want to get paid." <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not the truth. <laughs> it naturally evolves that way. It's true. Yeah, I have yeah, met people who have who are actors who have never been on stage, and to me, that is just such a a strange thing. Because I feel yeah. like, I mean, theater really is the the heart of where acting started. It's it's why we all have careers now is because of theater. And I feel like theater is such a good training ground, giving you that you only have one shot. You know, you're not going to be able to sit there and correct yourself 10 times. You have right. to get it right. You need to know it. Right. And if you can do it there, then you can then you can do it. They're different animals to me. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've learned that very quickly film and television acting is more like moment to moment mm-hmm. whereas in a with a play it's like you start and you don't stop and you go through an entire story in one shot and I know everybody says that but you know until you do them both then you realize what because because you go how, how am I going to do this with somebody with a big camera in front of my face and 50 million people around you know, how do you get because for me the state you know the the dynamic the energy between actors on stage is uh, it just becomes overwhelming. Like, you know, yeah. you just, you you know, you get into the groove and you, you sometimes you don't even know where you are, but it's not like that in film. You're constantly stopping and being interrupted. So you go, how am mm. I supposed to act or with that? But that you, but you have to rely on those moment to moment. That That's what you have, but they can be really rich, you know, as, it's true. Uh, as hopefully uh, our show is showing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. I remember when I was super young, I did a production of, um, meet me in St. Louis and I played 2D and I remember even at that age whenever um the woman who was playing my older sister would start singing have yourself a merry little Christmas no matter what I would always start sobbing because it is you've done this whole arc and you're at the the tippy top of it right then and then you're just like you're so in it and it is something that is so so inspiring as an actor to be able to share that connection with your fellow castmates night after night after night and know that oh, everyone so is there for each other. Yeah. And it feels so real, doesn't it? You, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't feel like you're in a play. I, I, the last play I did was actually the, the subject matter was very dark. It was actually about the uh, Sandy Hook massacre. 
Oh, wow. In Connecticut. And, um, and we, we were in tears every night, but it was real. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it uh, you, you didn't force yourself to go there, but the script just naturally and the story just naturally took you there. And there's mm-hmm. nothing like that. And you don't really get that on film, but like I said, you do get it. You get a different um, rush. Yeah. You know, you, know you, you have those moments between you and the other actor and they might be uh, instant sometimes you miss them and then you look back and you watch back and go, Oh wow, that actually was pretty good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I didn't know they you did that. Like Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I put it all on the other person. <laughs> I love that. It's true. It's, you know, when you, when you're acting and it's something that's said a thousand times, it's acting is reacting. And a lot of times on stage, you don't see that as much, but that's why we have film and television to see that more clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. So if you had to pick, what 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 of the three genres would you choose if you had to? You're you trapped know. on a desert island. <laughs> and I have to choose between theater, film, and television? Yeah. Um, I think about I think I'd choose film. There's, I've just, you know, that was my, even though I grew up doing theater, it, it really was my home. You know, watching movies still. I mean, I watched probably five new films a week that I haven't seen before just because I I love movies so much. I love that I get pulled into a story for a certain amount of time and I get to watch that. And they live forever. Yep. That's true. That's very true. What about you? What would you choose? Well, if I were on a desert island, I I always think I would grab (laughs) two, you know, two books and one of them would be uh, the complete works of Shakespeare. I said, because at least I'd always have new material. I'd always have something to look at. <laughs> you know what I mean? And those, those stories are so timeless that you could, you know, even on a desert island, you could put them in a bunch of different settings. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? You know, it's just uh, that complete anthology. There's so much there. I don't think you'd even need anything else when it comes to theater. Yeah. You know? I think I I got that book as a gift for like my 11th birthday or something from my acting teacher at the time. And she was like, read it all. And I was like, I do what now? (laughs) I'll try. 
<laughs> acting it out by myself. I wouldn't even need another person, right? Yeah. Because the words are so good. It's, yeah, I mean, different beast right there. But, um, so you've done a lot of film, though, too. You've done a lot of independent films. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about some of those films and what that experience is like, because independent filmmaking is so incredible, but also stressful and fun. And I just want to know what your experience has been like. Sure. And more and more. Thank, thank, thank goodness. It's, it's, I'm so happy that people are taking it upon themselves to produce their own work more today. You know, you can do it more today than ever before. And it's exciting. Mm. Um, I have to say one of my most, uh, definitely most, the funnest experience I had was, um, a horror movie I did. Gosh, it's hard to believe it's 10 years ago now. Um, but I know what I look like dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. My only thing, my only beef was I look back on it and I go, I probably would have taken me a little longer to die than that. <laughs> but, but a lot of fun. It was actually, uh, really, uh, in the horror genre, it was an all-star cast. Um, mm. The film was called Mr. Hush. Uh, the lead, um, the the male romantic lead was actually from um, Halloween 5. Oh, wow. He played Michael Myers. Yes, we had uh, Jason from um, Friday the 13th as a policeman in the show. So it was, but it, and it was my first experience with all that. And, you know, I ended up, you have to promote it, right? So we went to some um, of the horror movie conventions that they have around the country. And that's just a whole nother world that the right? horror Arcom and all that and it was so much fun though and I made some wonderful relationships wonderful friendships that are still you know 10 years later I still keep in touch with people and that mm. is such a joy to me and that was just so much fun we were in in, in the Poconos and, and up in um, Milford PA is where we filmed so we were mm. in the spring it was snowing one day and then it was 85 the next day it was crazy yeah it was like a bunch of kids in camp you know running around with the movie uh, a movie camera and a big knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I love location films because of that. It feels um, like you're at camp with a bunch of friends who are artists and you get to just like have fun and goof off true. and it's, it's just true. the best. Yeah, it's so much fun. You do feel like a kid again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was there long enough to to love everyone, get along with everybody. And then I left because I my, my part was finished. And so I didn't have any fights with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Got out before the drama happened. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Now, I do want to talk, before we get into your audition story, um, I do want to talk a little bit about you living in Philadelphia and still being a successful actor and acting in these huge things, because I think it's important for especially young actors to realize that Los Angeles and New York are not the only places you have to live to be an actor. There are so many different places. It's true. Uh, the film industry has boomed in Philadelphia in the last 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Mayor of Easttown, half of it was filmed on location at the Aston Sun, Sun it's called Sun Studios uh, in Aston, PA. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of our film production houses. And since that one came around, it, it's just really opened up the floodgates. And now with COVID, people are, are considering filming outside of, of New York and especially L.A., um, so you know, the opportunities seem really endless now and we're thrilled. You don't need to live there. I mean, I, I told you, I go back there quite a bit, you know, and pre COVID I was auditioning, you know, every other day back and forth. I mean, I could do that ride in my sleep. <laughs> so well, you know, you don't, you don't need to be in those big cities anymore. And I think it, you know, it's encouraging for, especially for young actors because it's almost 
I, I think it's almost to your benefit to seek out opportunities where there isn't a thousand people all in the same place, right? Mm-hmm. Or a million people, you know, go through a smaller door, a, a, yeah, a smaller door in a smaller city. And maybe there's less people going through that door. Yeah. And it's, it's just, yeah. it's also the fact that it's like the, the housing wages in Los Angeles and New York are so incredibly high that for, you know, a struggling young artist, it could seem like an impossible hurdle to be able to actually move out here and, you know, audition and do the thing and afford it and and not just live on a friend's couch. Um, Which I, which is why I love that all these smaller areas are now starting to boom because I feel like it's going to give artists a lot more opportunity to live their life how they want to without with, without sacrificing that to be a part mm. of what they want to be a part of. You know what I'm saying? I feel yeah, like as I artists, sure it's, it's so hard to, you know, have the life that you want to live, but also do what you want to do and not have right. any sacrifices in between. Right. Absolutely. And I, I hope it encourages young actors. You know, it, it, it's true. I mean, goodness, with sometimes with the traffic, I can get to New York quicker than if I lived out in Long Island or parts of North Jersey to get into Manhattan, you know? So it, it you know, it's true. I, I, I've said, to, I've, I've coached and taught, you know, young actors and I say to them, do you want to live in New York or do you want to work? I said, mm-hmm. if I were you, I would live at home in Philadelphia and do as much theater as you can and, and audition everywhere you can. And then when you've, you know, step, made a couple steps towards your career, you know, don't have rent be your biggest, uh, albatross to to the career you want you know and that's what happens when you live in new york or la it's true true. yeah i think it's encouraging you know it is i think we're living in such an interesting time for our industry because it's just like you have those studios in philadelphia now you have tyler perry studios in atlanta you have everything all these things popping up now where it just feels so much more accessible to be with your family too because so many artists leave their family and the people that they love behind right to go fight for a dream right and and, and you don't have to give it up it's yeah. true it's it's and it's it's very encouraging i it, i think it will keep young actors around longer right yeah they, you know there'll be some hopefully longevity <laughs> in their in their in their pursuit because they they could see that they don't have to be in just those two places i mean pilot season barely exists anymore because yeah. of this this mass migration around the country yeah, yeah, and, and there's no real there's no real reason for pilot season anymore, right? Because it's like we yeah. have, I mean, yeah, there's the there's the networks, the regular networks that are still doing typical pilot season, but the shows on HBO, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, they're not Constant. following anyone's schedule but their own. Right. Absolutely. I never, you know, when I was in New York, I never wanted to be, I knew so many performers who would go out to California every year, you know, in early February and they'd come back Mm -hmm. defeated six months later from, from pilot season. And yeah, that has really evolved. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled for everyone for that with all this, all these new networks and all this cable access and all that it's opened up so many doors that we didn't have before. You know, some people say, well, it's more competitive. I'm like, yes, but there's more opportunity too. So mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a great thing. Yeah, that's true. So mm-hmm. on this show, we like to share audition stories, either things that have gone awry or happy things or sad things or things that you almost got that you really wanted. Do you have an audition story you would like to share with the audience? <laughs> sure. I love that you called it the one that got away because I have, I have literally called that 
about my little, it's a little story, very little story. For years, I have called it that. I'm like the one that got away. So when I saw that I, in the email, I was so thrilled. I'm like, oh gosh, we really all do think alike. <laughs> I, um, yeah, for me, um, so I was, it was back in the, um, I guess it was in the mid nineties and I was performing at the, uh, in the, at the 13th street theater in, um, on the West side of Manhattan in the West village. It's a, it's an institution. So many actors have been in and out of that theater. Mm. It's a repertoire. It's a wonderful theater. I was doing a musical version of Robin hood. Wow. A classic story. Yes. And it kept getting extended. We had, uh, wonderful support, uh, a lot of PR. The uh, director was actually, he was, um, Jim Henson's nephew and the writer was a prodigy of Stephen Sondheim. It was, the music was fantastic. I had, um, I was actually playing the part of uh, Friar Tuck, but they made it into a woman character. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a gospel singer uh, kind of persona and uh, kept getting extended, kept getting extended. I quit my job. You know, it was like everything, everybody was so excited. And after months and months, it's the show closed at the same time in the West village in the East village, there was another show coming up at the same time. Another musical, you might remember it called rent, um, the Broadway show. So yes. And so rent took off and Robin hood tanked, (laughs) but, um, I ended up auditioning for rent and being, uh, called back for Maureen. Um, but I did not get it. Yeah. And I know it's the role that Idina Menzel made famous. And, um, she was, she was like a little hero of mine. She actually worked at a hotel that I worked at at the same time she was singing. I was cocktail (laughs) waitressing. That tells you everything. Anyway, so I did. Yeah. So I, I was so dejected because I had gotten called back in New York and then I did not get, get a return call back. So I ended up following it to audition. Every audition did Philadelphia. I auditioned in DC. I remember getting on a bus at like three in the morning in the middle of the night to, to go down to be like first in line in, in uh, DC, because it was another open call. It wasn't a callback. Mm. You know, it was just an open call, but I was so determined that I went. And I just remember not getting past the first round that time. And I called my boyfriend at the time crying hysterically when we had pay phones Oh my gosh. I was so bummed, yeah, because I had put so much energy into doing it all. And that's when I decided to go back to grad school because I I thought if I can, my heart was so broken. And I thought if if I still want to do this after this rejection, I said, I need to go full throttle. I'm like, I may be a teacher someday. I don't know, but I want to get my master's so that I really feel like I am a professional actress. Mm. So, so even though I didn't get that role, it, it really propelled me. And that's what happened. I ended up going back to school. And then shortly after that, I started working on doing a lot of commercial work. And, you know, of course, I never looked back. And of course, I'm still on my road. I'm still pursuing like everybody else. I think it's a lifetime pursuit. But it was that rejection of that show that is still my number one near and dearest to my heart probably show of all time. And that role, especially um, that rejection kicked me into committing to it for life. I knew if I could get through that, and I still wanted to to pursue it that I was in it for life. So that's that's amazing. I I have a rent tattoo. <laughs> oh, 
do you really? Yay! Love that. I, I can totally, uh, I know why you were so obsessed with it. I mean, that show was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. rest in peace, Jonathan Larson. And it's just, yes. um, it was a, it was a revolutionary a show. So I can. What's the tattoo? I have to know. What's the tattoo? Oh, Let's it says no that. day but today. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a reason why people waited around the building for, you know, days to audition and to go yeah. see the show. Right. It was, it was such a phenomenon at the time. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, so cheers to you because not many people can turn rejection into something good. And that's something that everyone, every actor needs to learn how to do is how to take that rejection and leverage it into something that's useful. And that's yeah. what you did. You went back to grad school and you, you mm-hmm. said, this is it. I'm committing no, no, no bullshit anymore. This is it. Yep. Yeah, it, it really, it's true. I, you know, I just think everybody will have a reason to say no. Right. Yeah. Every, you, 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 you never hear yes. <laughs> it's know? true. And you just have to get used to it and use it as a means to push you to the next one. All right. That, no for that. No that. Oh, right. How about that one? How about that one? Right. See, a number. I, I used to date a guy who was in sales and he used to say, treat it like a numbers game. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. He, you know, it's true. It's very true. Yeah. I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that inspiring story because I feel like everybody needs to hear that. Everybody needs to know that that no just needs to push you further into the direction of what you want. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No day but today. I love that you have that tattoo. I love that. Awesome. <laughs> I, I got it right when I turned 18. It was my 18th birthday to myself, birthday oh, present. <laughs> so who did you love more? Mimi? Maureen? Who did you like? Um, I was always a Mimi fan growing up, but I think now I, I like Maureen more because she, I think, I think just as you grow up, it's, you know, when I was a teenager, I thought Mimi was so cool because she was like, you know, had her yeah, own dancer. life and yeah, she yeah. was a dancer and she was dope and she almost died and she was really like the whole catalyst of the story. And yeah. then like you start realizing how, um, deep all the rest of the characters are like Mark and Maureen and um yeah I just I kind of I ended up liking them more as, as an adult than I did as, cool. as a teenager well they both had great songs too so yeah either one you can't lose with that one <laughs> no you can't you can't so what's um what's next for you out in Philadelphia that's a good question. Uh, you know, right now I actually promote products on HSN. That's that's in our backyard here, QVC and HSN oh, cool. is their partner down in Florida. So yeah, I'm a brand representative for one of their indoor outdoor brands called Sunjo Snowjo. It's a snow snow plows and and shovels in the winter, and then in the summer it's gardening tools and all that stuff. So I, I'm I'm currently just doing that until something else comes along with the uh, show since we're all so anxiously waiting for this, this thing to unfold and yeah. now that it's underway I'm like okay I'm with you I'm like what's next <laughs> I am um, I'm so excited to see what happens um I just I feel like I know who did it but I know that I never know who did it because it's always it's always gonna be exactly the opposite of what I thought I, I've had like four people tell me who they think it is already. And I'm like, I signed the confidentiality. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> I know. And you're like, but I am not. I'm enjoying no. it. <laughs> right. It's fun when so many people get involved with what, what you were in. It's just, it's so I, dope. 
I just I'm I'm loving that people are captivated by this story. The writer and the and the director Craig Zobel, they just they did they did it such honor. You know, when you read something, you have an idea in your head of what it's going to be like. And mm-hmm. then when I when I'm seeing it, because I'm just seeing it for the first time now too. Uh, I'm so thrilled that it's what I thought it was. There's a lot of in, intrigue and anticipation and, and it just moves really fast. And I'm thrilled for that because that's what I was hoping when I read it. That's what, that's, that's what grabbed me. Oh, I, I can't wait to see what happens and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank I hope you. that this show, you know, gets some eyes on you and you propel into something big because I think oh, you're fantastic you. in it. Oh, thank you. Amen for all of us. Right. I, uh, I just, I, I get the daily phone calls, especially from two of my, my, my two sisters saying they, they think they know who it is. And I just giggle. <laughs> uh, where can, um, where can people find best. you? Where can people find you on social media? I'm on Instagram at Connie Giordano three and I'm on Facebook, of course. So, and I've got the website, Connie and you put up, I put up, you know, reels and any of the latest info that's interesting to anybody. So um, that's where you can find me anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Connie. It was so, so nice to talk to you. And oh, John, you're terrific. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm so excited to see what's next for the show and for you. And please keep us updated and you're welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you so much. You're terrific. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Connie for coming on the show. Make sure to watch Mayor of Easttown on HBO every Sunday. If you like the show a lot, give us some love wherever you're listening and make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and all the other things. Those links are in the show notes. And hey, if you follow us on Instagram tomorrow on Friday, I don't know when you're listening to this. It might already be up. But we're posting really cool, exclusive clips from these interviews, but like with people actually talking face to face. It's pretty dope. So tune in on Instagram. It's on our IGTV exclusively. I appreciate all of you in this community that we're building. And um, I just, I love to hear from, from everyone. So send me a message. Let's talk. What's going on? And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you, and let's make season two even more memorable together.